smell something? Put that cookie down! Hello and welcome to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. I'm Josh. I'm Chancellor. I said, oh, for some reason, I was still in the habit of about to go. We're filmmakers, we're fans. We did that for it's, so it's long. It's been like, what, five, six weeks? A lot of weeks. It would have worked this day, so we could have gone, we're fostering this week. Oh, that, that would have been good. <laughs> oh, this is the next installment in our underrated actors uh, uh, mm, ongoing series. Oh, question mark? Is that an ongoing series? It's an ongoing oh, episode it's format. A sub, we'll sub series. Every, uh, every now and then. It comes um, and I thought we'd talk about my personal favourite underrated actor, uh, yeah. Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Yes. Who I've been a huge fan of since, for, for a long time, actually. But um, as always, before we get into that, we ask, what have you been watching? And Chancellor, what have you been watching? Um, so this is actually something I watched a little while ago, but I forgot to bring it up at the time. I watched the Netflix original thriller, Cam. Oh, yeah. Cam. Uh, I watched it because oh, it, it was, was one of... I had heard it was a good film, so I was like, oh, it might be one of the ones that are worthy for my top ten. I'll watch it. It's not. Definitely not. Uh, I've heard good things about <laughs> this. Also, you have as well. I realized I that it was that stupid fucking horror group that I'm part of that was saying it was good. And I'm no, like, oh, those guys have Peter no taste. Peter Gray didn't mind it. And- oh, I didn't mind it. It wasn't top 10 worthy. The ending was like thematically I got what they were going for, but literally a lot of stuff just didn't make sense. Um, right. Yeah, Chanel hated it. She oh, was really? like, why are we watching this? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was... It was tense for the most part, and like the scariest things is the way the guys react, and the uh, and oh, some creepy, creepy guys. Um, like she goes to so at the very start, it turns out this guy who was at the start. They say, "Oh, I work in IT," um, and it's one of the guys that she's camming with. He ends up moving to her hometown, and she runs into him, and she's like, "Oh fuck, what are you doing?" And he's like obsessed with her. Is it a Screen mm. Life movie? Screen Life. So like unfriended and or no, no 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 oh okay um so yeah he he rocks up and immediately I was like he's a red herring he's actually gonna be like good because he works in IT so he can help out because he was the creepiest thing that happened right off the start this was before mm. anything had kicked off any of the paranormal stuff it kicked off uh, and yeah so like it comes to a point where she goes in to ask him for help and then it turns out like. He's been he he was able to notice when all of these this stuff could happen, which is why he came to town, but not to help her. And then uh. she walks in on him masturbating to the fake her and the camera, and it's like, and I'm like, what the fuck? What was the whole point of this tangent then to to establish the fact that it's like uh computer computer ghosts, I guess that do it, computer ghosts that wanna. So it's like unfriended. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of in that in that sense. Also, I don't understand what the inciting incident. I think I get it, and I'll explain it. So, you guys know what the movie's about at all? A cam, cam girl, girls. and then there's a replica of her. Replica, yeah. yes. So, right before the re- replica pops up, uh, she's got like this whole rule. She's got like a bunch of, of rules. She won't uh, fuck any of the clients. She won't do something. So she breaks else, all of the rules, and she won't fake an orgasm. And then that's a terrible then business decision, considering well, her line of work. That's like the worst thing she well, can no, promise. Because you know she she's she's all if she's gonna orgasm, it's gonna be real. And so they have this whole thing where like she she wants to be in the top fifty cam girls, and she just makes it, and then she starts going down in cam girl in in followers. And it turns out there's another cam girl who's like, oh, I'm not a nude cam girl. But 
if you guys put in enough money, I'm going to, uh, no, if, if, if you guys make her go down enough points, then I'll go nude. Um, and so she ends up just shutting it down. The girl doesn't go nude. And then to fight back, she ends up doing the Sibian challenge, which is, Sibian. Uh, it's oh. this ride on vibrator, which is apparently it's going to burn her clitoris off. The amount of times they're like, you're going to lose all feeling in your clitoris. Oh my God. And I was like, oh, so everyone was making this out to be a sophisticated horror. You're describing like hard exploitation mm. shit. It's totally exploitation. I don't see how anyone could see it any other way. Uh, but like thematically it was, it was, it, 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 it was good, I guess. But uh, also there's a whole scene in a video store and I'm like, you're a Netflix original movie. You know, video stores don't exist. You're the reason <laughs> video stores don't exist. <laughs> Also, the fact that she burnt her clitoris off never came back. She I, actually I, burnt her clitoris yeah. off. Well, no, I don't know. It's like you're going to burn your clitoris off. And then I, uh, what I think happens, it's not entirely clear. I think she fakes an orgasm to stop the Sibian challenge. And maybe that's why the, 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 the replicant comes along. Maybe. Uh. But it's right after the, the, the Sibian challenge is the last thing she does before uh, the replicant comes comes along and all I know was she was going to burn a clitoris off using it. And that never it came of anything. Terrible. Anyway, yeah, what movie. else Definitely do you watch? watch. And, and the other big thing I watch is I watched uh, the remake of Stepford Wives again, which I haven't seen in about seven or eight years. I need to, I haven't watched either of them. I've literally got no. them to watch back to back. I feel like that's a good yeah, or that, a bad that, idea. Uh, oh yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. I wonder because <laughs> when I had watched the first one, I hadn't seen the original and I loved it. And I, I still loved it this time. I think Frank Oz is a really great filmmaker. Chanel loved it as well. So I'm like, yay, it's not just my bad taste. <laughs> um, you know, the, the different twist endings in each one. No, don't spoil it. For okay. Me. I won't say, well, well, I know something about robots, but well, yeah, the, the, the second, the, the remake goes, everyone knows the twist in the first one. So from out of the bat, it's like, Oh yeah, this is happening by the way, this is happening. And a lot of people didn't like that. They're like, Oh, but that was the twist in the first one. And it's like, yeah, but you know that that's like, like remaking Soylent Green. Soylent Green and being like, I <laughs> yeah. wonder what Soylent Green is. We know it's people. Although have you seen there's a real life company called Soylent that do a product and you're just like, uh, and oh. it's, it's actually made of plankton, which is what they say it's made out of in uh, yeah. Soylent Green. So pretty funny. Yikes. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like Stefford Wise and I think it's kind of, it's kind of funny that it's more relevant right now. Yeah. Right now. Ooh. But yeah, uh, Nicole Kidman, I forget how good she can be. She's good in it. Matthew Broderick is Matthew Broderick every time. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of him as an actor. I'm a huge fan of him as Matthew Broderick. Uh, Josh, what have you been watching? <laughs> so I watched How to Train Your Dragon Free. The <laughs> oh, world. I'm dying to see this. It I need to see was... it before the week is over. Um, with this film now, I believe this is a perfect animation trilogy. I, oh, cool. I was hysterically sobbing in the theater by the end of this movie. It was. Oh, wow. it, it hit me real hard, like surprisingly hard. <laughs> I never... I just love the arc that all three films still go. And I also watched the first two films before I saw it. So I think it hit me like all the themes and connected tissues between yeah. the films really hit me hard. I understand that there's also two television shows that I bridged the gap between the films yeah. as well. And apparently they're really good. But even if you take those away and you don't have all that, these three films are outstanding. Like outstanding. Okay, um, that's good to hear. And I won't mention anymore because you- Is it finished you, though? Like is it- it's finished. It's done. It's the okay, final movie. It's a, it's a closed off trilogy. Hope so. Yeah. No, they don't need any more. Like, honestly, <laughs> please don't. If you do it, I will murder whoever does it. Um, and I also rewatched um, the first two Terminator movies. Like, oh, kind cool. of back to back. Because, like, I love those movies. The first one's, like, to death. Um, first one's a great horror movie. I love it. Like, 
perfect slasher movie and the second one's like one of the best action movies ever made and that's what i've been watching what about you um a fair few things i watched a movie called carrie pilby which i mentioned on the podcast a couple days ago so this is the director of uh to all the boys i love before this is her first movie it's not as good nathan lane's in it though which i wasn't expecting and he plays like this girl so this is this really young girl but she's super smart and brilliant at things but really terrible socially she's got a therapist and nathan lane plays a therapist and it's good you can see sort of the beginnings of susan johnson's penchant for really decisive visuals but it's not altogether there it's a little light on substance but i it was interesting enough i found some weirdly relatable things with carrie pilby um with the character just in terms of she's like uh she's very bookish and all that kind of stuff but i didn't love it but it's on netflix so you can watch that one um Uh, I binged season one and started on season two of a show called Difficult People, which has got Billy Eichner in it and Julie Klausner. Oh, Julie Klausner is a showrunner. It's just basically like two wannabe actors, performers, artists, comedians, and they're terrible people in New York. And it's 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 Billy <laughs> oh, Eichner. Yes, yeah. it's it's really fun. They've got and apparently for like three years prior to the thing breaking out, they were constantly making Kevin Spacey references about you know him being terrible and pedo and into young boys. So like it was a really well-known fact to them and they kept going at it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I binged all of Friends from College season two <sighs> in a single sitting yeah, almost. Yeah. Oh, I love that show. Season it's so, so great. Good. It's, it's so just, great. and the whole thing centered on the wedding of Billy Eichner and Fred Savage. Mm, that's so <laughs> so I'm just like, God, it's, it's great. I love it. Um, and it's really good development from the stuff that happened in season one. And they take cool. it, they acknowledge the gap of time between seasons as part of story time as well, but they do yes. it really cleverly. They don't have the, but you've been gone for a da, 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 yeah, da, da, yeah. which every TV show does. And they, they just, you actually have to sit and watch and pay attention and you fill the gaps yourself reading in between the lines. It's really clever that way. That's I awesome. love that cool. it treats you smart. Um, I want a season three of this so bad. Right. It's so good. You need to get on that show, Chanta, because it's amazing and between, it's shot really well. Between that and Chanel Love, loves it. Between Friends of College and Lovesick, whoever needs How I Met Your Mother ever, they can fuck off yeah, and die. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I watched a movie, and this is a very weird one, recommended to me by Zane, our producer. It was called Nine Dead Gay Guys. <laughs> uh, Sounds like a ride of a time. Tell me more. It's... It's Excellent. such a bizarre. I th- he recommended it to me because I'm like I'm going for like queer cinema that's not dour and sad all the time, and it's a very odd. It's it's a very train spotting, lock, stock, and two smoke and barrels thing, but about two guys who give blowjobs to the local gay, two Irish guys in London who give blowjobs to the local gay men, older gay men for money, and then a bunch of these older gay men keep rocking up dead nine of them to be specific. Right. And it's like run with a narration. It's, <laughs> I appreciated that it was going for something really out there and different and slightly offensive, but in that, like, not like, ah, fuck the gay people. It's like a, it's just going for something that's not as stoic. It never really comes together at all. But that being said, I'm watching it and all I'm thinking, I'm like, this would be a really great film to remake. And you could do so much great stuff and you like fill it with like all the well-known gay actors and that kind of shit. Oh, when like was it Ian made? McKellen in there would be amazing. Oh. <laughs> when was it made? 2003, I okay. want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it looks a little cheap too is the other thing that's mm. got like 
some bad titles and fonts and things like that. But it was, it's a very, it, it's a movie I didn't like, but I found equally as interesting at the same time, which sure. is, is kind of a difficult They're thing. They're the best watch. films to remake. Get on it, yeah. Shane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's what I've been watching. So Ben Foster, when did you first notice Ben Foster? In The Punisher. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Not honestly. really. That's, that's. It's funny because with with Ben Foster, I recognize he's so great because most of the films I've seen of him, like him in, are like kind of like the mediocre ones, like the like and ones yeah. like you know the shitty like contraband ones and like all the ones. Yeah, there. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's mainly those ones I've seen. I actually haven't seen Hell High Water yet, even though it's on really like, Stan. It's on Stan. I really want to catch that one. Have you seen Hell High Water? No. Really? That is yeah. not one of the five Ben Foster movies I've seen. It's a good movie. I've heard, I've heard. So my list is like, mm, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, uh, well, see, I, I didn't notice him until X-Men. I remember him in X-Men 3. Yeah. He was. I definitely remember him in X-Men. <laughs> oh, yeah, that shirtless. shirtless. <laughs> Permanently oh, shirtless, God. like yeah. the whole movie. And he like got, apparently he had to get like, because he was, because he his part of it, we'll go into it a little bit, but he's, he's very in-depth as an actor into the process. Because he does meditation since he was four it, years old. Yeah, apparently. and um, yeah. Uh, he was like, well, Warren Worthington is has avian sort of kind of thing. And so they basically have like zero body fat. And so he was like worked his butt off to have like zero mm. body fat and all that kind of thing for that role. Yeah. Um, I, it was between that and for me, uh, Get Over It was the first movie. Yeah, I, 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 I thought movie. it would be Get Over It for you. I'm pretty sure I watched them around about the same time because I watched Get Over It when I joined the video store and when I joined the video store was also in the same year that X-Men 3 had come out. Mm. So they were about in the same so year. So you had a Ben Foster full year. Oh, I did. Um, <laughs> and it's weird because like Get Over It's so different from his later work as well. Yeah. I think to date mm. it's really his only like hard comedy. Um, but I also never sought out his films until recently because um, he was just always there. He was just always going, it kept popping up. I'm like, oh, he's cool, he's cool, he's cool. And then, very, and then I think- Very strong supporting actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I found him compelling every time. And it was only, I yeah. started only actively seeking out his stuff when I saw um, The Program, which was mm. his Lance Armstrong biopic. Mm. Right. Um, that was directed by the guy who directed Philomena, uh, of all <laughs> things. <laughs> it's a really weird movie. Um, uh, so what what is his performance style? What do you see as his performance style? And what is he known for? Um, like sort of like noticing, reading like some of his quotes and how he um gets into his process and and stars. Like he sort of really dives into, like he doesn't like to be too overly intellectual, technical about it. He just gets into the emotion and feel of the character. So yeah. he he's very much present. Yeah, and, and he's a very process. process actor. I don't heavy. think he's a method actor. No, he's process. Like one of the things was he nearly blinded himself on a film because like he actually used eye drops to like dilate his eyes. So he always seems like he was on drugs all the time. And then like, he literally had to like block out the sun and like close his eyes. On time. Oh shit. I was about so, to say, I was about to say, Oh, you've done more research than yeah. I have. Cause I was like, he's not like a totally transformative performer in the vein of day Lewis, but I don't no, think he is. No. Even though he's done like some of those methody. He's things. done some of the methody things, but not the he's Jared Leto shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's very difficult to pin down mm. too. Cause his roles are kind of all over the place. Really um, but he's also not like a, a John Malkovich and they doesn't always just play a version of himself. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's somewhere in between in this sort of weird space. I, I think it's because his he has a very uh, not iconic, a, a very distinct face. Like, yeah, I, I see his face and I'm like, oh, because like when I've seen him in other things, I'm just like, oh, I know that face. I don't know why, but I know that face, <laughs> which is where I think it went so wrong with the cast, casting of Warcraft oh. is the fact that he looked like. Mm. 
Ben Foster. Ben Foster. In a movie that where it's meant to be like weird fantastical things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting progressively over his career, he started bigger and he's kind of moving more and more inwards mm. as a performer into these really internalized performances and more and more nuanced. I think he's kind yeah. of that's why I really like him. He seems to only be getting better and he, but he keeps growing as an actor at the same time too. It's not just like, Oh, they started out cause they didn't know how, what they were doing. And they, he knew what he was doing from the get go. Cause get over it. It's a really strong performance. It's a really yeah. strong comedic physical performance. And so he started out great and he's being continually great, but developing it as opposed to, you know, Daniel day Lewis was like, Daniel Day-Lewis and he does great, but I've never seen, I didn't, it's not like a, you saw that Daniel Day-Lewis and he's always oh, really good. Oh, he's even better in this one. Like yeah, no, it's not yeah. development. he's been doing the same he's, thing. Even if not all of his choices and movies have been like the greatest scripts or anything, like he's always very choiceful with his characters because he's always works um, to the best of his abilities, but also to the best of like him growing as an actor. So you can see that like over the progress of like, he's like 20 plus years he's been working. Yeah. 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 And he's known for a lot of those more tortured, guys yeah, kind of very. thing uh pandorum uh, which yeah. i haven't seen but oh um, that's one of the five that i have seen <laughs> uh the program which is lance armstrong mm-hmm. um that's one's his i think his biggest deviation since get over it in that he's i mean it's an internalized kind of thing but he's he plays like a genuine asshole he doesn't like he doesn't Sontrum. sympathize yeah. neil no. armstrong at all no. um 360 is another interesting one mm. which you need to see it's on sbs on demand because it's one of those multi-plot movies anthony hopkins is in this movie as well and it's like a bunch of different stories over the place and, he, yep. and ben foster plays a recovering uh, uh sex uh criminal mm. uh, who's actually like actively trying to not rape people <laughs> and, that's nice um oh rachel wise yeah, 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 yeah. It's a really interesting movie on SBS On Demand and I highly encourage you to check it out. I got it on Blu-ray because I actually really liked it quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so what is it that he does that works in terms of him as an individual and in terms of his acting as a craft slash process? He never, well, immediately, it's just like he never feels like he's doing it for a paycheck. He always feels present in his roles. He always does the work, does the craft. Like he's just, you know, you can tell, pick him out of the room or pick him out of a scene because he's so immediate and present and he, working for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And his full-blown commitment to roles mm. makes mm. it look easy. Mm. And especially because he's not doing roles that you would normally like, like for example, his role in, there was a movie called Hostages uh, with Bruce mm. Willis. Yeah. Uh, and I saw this one. Which is funny, like the two ends of like, Trying his pen and he's one of the villains. He's like the guy gets his family kidnapped, and Bruce Willis has to like kill him and get the family back, kind of thing. It's like taken esque. Uh, and that's not a role that requires you to put that work in there. You could show up and say the lines and be serious, and Mm -hmm. it would work, and no one would really have an issue. But he actually approaches every role with a tremendous amount of commitment. Mm. Um, he does make it seem really easy though. Yeah, yeah. And he does this by doing, so I was listening to an interview with him on, oh, is it Back to One? I think so there's a, an act, a podcast called Back to One mm-hmm. where a guy interviews actors and I found it because a guy interviewed Jim Cummings. Yeah. On it, and then I was like, oh, who else is he interviewed? Ben Foster, yes, please. <laughs> um, and he approaches his acting in the same way a director approaches the filmmaking with the prep work, which I, that's what, cause when he was describing his process, I'm like, Oh, that's really good. But he doesn't do like wanky shit. So I, on um, leave no trace, which is sort of his movie from this year, is that someone's, but um, a movie this year, 
where it's him. He's playing a dad with PTSD, an, an ex-army person, and they're like kind of homeless living, mm-hmm. s- s- uh, surviving in the wilderness deliberately though. And um, uh, the actress, the younger actress, she wanted to do this like breathing exercise, this semi-spiritual thing. And he was like, oh, that sounds like shit. I don't want to do that. But then the parents and, and all that, they talked through it and he, he went along with it and apparently really created that. Um but he doesn't he doesn't do like the wanky stuff but he just does a lot of prep work he digs mm. deep he reads the script he makes all of his he he makes his notes like up front. he says some actors they read it and then they read it again and make notes and he straight up is doing notes and stuff from the get go yeah. which is, what do you do chancellor when you when you i i usually uh read it the first time and usually the first time i'm just figuring out you know my inciting incident my climax and my main turning points and then from there after that, and I pick those points, I start delving in and figuring out, okay, what gets me to this point? What does this mean? Why would I But do say you have that? like initial thoughts that when you're reading, you're like, oh, that, and then if you don't write it down, then you come back and you're like, shit, what was that really cool idea? Do you ever No, I, I, I usually, if I, if I see it once, I'm going to see it every time. Oh, okay. I, I don't ever get it. Like there will be times where I'm like reading something, reading something, reading something, reading. Oh, wait, this time this has popped up. And then from there on in, I'll remember that thing that I've read about in the script. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, and I know he does all of that work, so then he l- lets it all go on the day and so he can be present yeah. like he is yeah. on the thing. Um, he sort of, you know, I've got it, he sits between transformative acting and playing himself acting, so it also makes it way easier to almost forget that he's Ben Foster, even mm. though he has a distinctive face. Yeah. Because you put up, you put up um, Get Over It, X-Men 3 and... Uh, Punisher. Uh, Punisher. Oh, I haven't seen Punisher. So that's one of the ones I haven't seen. Ah. Um, is he, who is he in Punisher? He's pretty much like a man-child kind of like punk gamer like type. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. This is that's like a lot of piercings. Spacker Dave. Yeah. Spacker Dave. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. But he's not like a bad kid. He's actually like a friend of the punk, like Frank and stuff in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I find what that, because the reason why that's, more easier to believe them in a role is because when they're like the transformative actor, what I found is that yes, they're transforming everything about them, but then you also know going into the movie, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe Daniel Day Lewis or oh my God, I can't believe Tilda Swinton did this. And you're almost distracted by the fact that you know it's a person doing a transformative role. Yeah. Mm. It, it, it's very, it's transformative, but it has to announce how transformative it is. Which is why I liked Gary Oldman for so, so long because he didn't do that until- And now he's doing it yeah. lately. Because um, he was transformative to a point that I never recognized. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, find, I find actually an actor I think is very much like- uh, ben Foster is Paul Bettany. Yeah. Another short yeah. blonde haired guy, but, um, <laughs> but this time Paul Bettany British. does the same thing. He's like, he loses himself in a role, but he's not doing these giant transformative things, but he's not playing himself at the same time. It's mm. kind of this weird mix in between. Actually, that's, that's probably my favorite style of acting. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, I also think Ben Foster picks for the most part, really great films. And he rarely goes for the showy role. No. He always goes for like the grounded mm-hmm. in terms of the story within the realm of the movie, the grounded role. Yeah. Um, what of his weaknesses and bad work? I think we all know what his yeah, bad Warcraft. work is. Warcraft. Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think the reason, do you, do you have a theory as to why that didn't work the way? Oh, I, I think that, that he was miscast. Was miscast. I don't think physically, he was right for the role. I know what he's going to work for, with the material with. Like, I don't know. What I mean, that's yeah. also a big thing. Like, he, <laughs> also, like, his style of acting is so unsuited to the material. Yeah. As bad mm. as the movie is, if you put a different actor in there, it probably would have worked better. Yeah. 
Definitely. Even with the same lines, the same shots, the same costumes, the same ridiculous plotting. Um, I think someone like a less quote unquote serious actor, or at least someone approaching it like how Ray Fiennes did Voldemort. Yeah. Would mm-hmm. have done a better job, I reckon. Because Ray Fiennes doesn't do that, doesn't do like the hard in, kind of work like that. Uh, he does, but yeah. he approaches he approaches it like a Shakespearean because he's trained from Rada, so... He's trained from. He's trained in England. He's English. Trained in Shakespeare. So he approaches it like that, as opposed to Ben Foster. Seems to me to come from a very um, American style of performance, and maybe actually a British style would have worked much better for Cad. It's not Cadgal. Who's Uh, the Medivh? Medivh. Yeah, it feels. Yeah. Oh, it's just so ridiculous. Who would have been a good Medivh? I remember what, what was I re-watching that? I think it was like here when Zane was watching it for like second take or something like that. And I'm just like, oh God, it's not good. And I wanted to like that so bad because of Ben Foster and because of Duncan Jones. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think X-Men 3 is also potentially not a great performance, yeah. but that's not to do with him. That's literally he's in he it. has nothing to do in uh, it. He, he flies he at one point. jumps out a window and flies and he's then he still ridiculously attractive in it. But yeah, he doesn't, he, <laughs> he doesn't, has like, he's so arbitrary to that whole Yeah, he doesn't have movie. movie. That being said, I did like the, movie. that he got like the, is the opening scene him as the kid cutting off yeah. his yeah. wings? No, yeah. it wasn't him though. No, 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 like it's yeah. the younger kid. But in terms of the character, yeah. I thought that was a really compelling scene. That was like a really shocking scene to put in an X-Men movie, a kid mutilating themselves yeah except yeah. like he really didn't have a payoff for it <laughs> no no he Which never did is the most heartbreaking thing is yeah there? and he's one of my favorite characters from the x-men comics actually mm, yeah. especially ultimate x-men i think he's quite uh, interesting i hate when he goes blue when he joins apocalypse when he goes archangel yeah, yeah archangel because yeah. then he goes then he turns back human and has feathered wings but he's still blue and i'm like this is a dumb thing it's just weird <laughs> Um, uh, so what would you like to see him play in the future? <laughs> more Warcraft, more wizards. <laughs> just the only one more wizards. He'd do really great in like a suburban wizard fantasy thing. Oh yeah. He just wouldn't do good in like Lord of the Rings. No. Yeah. He needs really grounded performances. Like something, even like a grounded comedy, like him as like a money launderer or something. In like, Ooh, like I do want to just say car. that he's in a movie called Medieval and he's the main character. I'm looking up photos now. Keep talking. Um, I'd really like to see him return to comedy, actually, because he yeah. hasn't really done it. Although I, I suspect with his career trajectory, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which could you imagine him him and like Jesse Plemons or something in like a grounded like comedy? He would have done really great thing. in that kind of, you know, game Jesse Plemons in Game Night. Yeah. Like that kind yeah. of yeah. would have been perfect for yeah. a Ben Foster type as mm-hmm. well. Um, I haven't seen, I have to say, I haven't seen Ben Foster in Six Feet Under. He's a, Mm. Recurring character in that. Uh, there's a movie called Three Tender Humor, which is a western with Russell Crowe. Yeah, he's supposed too. to be really good. I haven't seen that um, And The Messenger, which is a movie with Woody Harrelson about, and they're the ones who, you know, how like when someone dies in the army overseas, then mm-hmm. the people have to go to the house and say, your, your husband or your yeah. son's dead. Yep. It's him and Woody Harrelson, and they have to go and do that. Oh, wow. And so it's like a drama, but it's like a, you know, an, an intense kind of army thing. So I, I, there is still a lot of range to him that I have yet to actually witness, but I really think he's long overdue for an Oscar nomination of some kind. He hasn't, I know he need. I guess to do that, you have to do the shitty Oscar bait movie. And he doesn't seem like the kind to set. The closest he's gotten is actually leave no trace, but he's never mm. going to get a nomination for that because there's too many 
obvious Oscar choices for that one to kind of really get anywhere. I do want to say, sorry, I'm just looking at the pictures from Medieval of Ben Foster, and I can't actually tell which one's many, uh, which one is Ben Foster, but I think it does work in this because it's such a grimy film, whereas Warcraft was so... Whoa. Like, he'd do good in a Ridley Scott yeah. movie, I reckon. Yeah. Show us where it shows the picture. It's We're it's just looking at one. this picture, the front. He's got oh, blood yeah. all over his face. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. I, I think Hardcore. he really suits this Hardcore. role. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Hot. Um, <laughs> putting what? that in the spank bank <laughs> it's a weird he is picture bleeding from the head man <laughs> what yeah, are you man. into yeah man uh, i want kink shame i wonder what i yeah he needs i wonder he should pair with someone like um who's who's that director who who always does really good like oscar Beatty movies but they're always like really great performances like a He'd be great in a Tarantino movie, I reckon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see that. But Tarantino's well. only got one left, apparently, so. It's got to be a Ben Foster movie then. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's all, That's all I guess. I think Ben Foster's criminally underrated. There's a lot of stuff I even still haven't tracked down. No, and I've seen, seen But I kind so of really little, want to. I will always sucks. show up for him, but I've never been, other than Warcraft, disappointed in him. There's a straight-to-video, uh, sorry, straight-to-TV movie called I've Been Waiting For You from the writer of I Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm. The poster looks like I Know What You Did Last Summer. I really want to see it. He's in a movie called Bang Bang You're Dead, which is like a school shooting one. That um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, it's like a because he did this. That was like his second film after Get Over It. He like followed up with like he do, he does these really great sort of gear changes in terms of his career. Um, but it's supposed to, it's it's known because it came on a list. I was like looking up great movies that are under ninety minutes, right. and this is one of those ones that everyone consistently lists. So <gasps> I've got that on my pile to watch. Oh, he's in Hostiles as well. Scott uh, Creepers. Hostiles. Hostiles, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. I do want to see that one. I haven't I'd, seen it yet. Either, yeah. um, I've heard I, I don't remember him in 30 Days of Night, but he's in he's that He's the well. main character of 30 Days, the main human oh, in really? 30 Days of Night. Well, that's uh, that's pretty transformative. He's, <laughs> I don't he's in Eight and the Body Saints. Eight, oh, yes. Fuck, why isn't that on my list? Okay, sorry. Um, I just. Oh, no, it is on my list. Um, so, well... I thought we'd say top five favorite Ben Foster performances and yeah. chance you go first because you've only seen five have, movies with yeah, him. Yeah, all right. So my <laughs> number five is going to be Warcraft for <laughs> obvious reasons because I didn't have any other choices. Um, number four will be uh, X-Men, you know. <laughs> X-Men The Last Stand. The Last Stand, stand. fuck off. Uh, the third one, I'm going to say Get Over It. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that was that was a good one. That was that was good, that one. Hilarious and amazing. Uh, Actually, that's a, that was... We talked about that movie on our very first episode, The Best You've Never Heard Of, yeah. which I encourage you to go back and listen to yes. as rough as it is. We talked about movies that we love that not a lot of people sort of know about and get over it is this like one of it is my favorite teen comedy ever made. It's infinitely quotable and Ben Foster is amazing. It's got like Ben Foster, Mila Kunis, uh, Cisco, Vitamin C, Martin Short, Colin Hanks, uh, Kirsten Dunst, and uh, Zoe Saldana. Like mm. it, it's. I forget Zoe Saldana's in it. Right. Mm. Yeah. She's um, the black best friend, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, my number two is. Uh, I'm no, no you're number four. The what? Oh, no. No, you said five, oh, four, four, three. three. I, yeah. I'm at okay. Two now is. Um, uh, I'm going to say 30 Days a Night because I've seen that movie. I legitimately don't remember it, man. I'm going to have to watch it again. I haven't seen That's one of the ones I haven't seen. Um, and my number one is Pandorum because I fucking love that movie. It was real good. Mm. It was. Uh, is it good? Yeah, I, I I liked it. I uh, it's a um, it's, it's a pseudo event horizon, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's loosely, loosely, loosely based on uh, Dante's Inferno, 
Um, okay. Ben Foster's character was a really interesting one, and he Did he, he play he, a, a crazy guy, guy going crazy, losing his nuts. <laughs> Probably, I assume look, so. I don't wanna. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Yeah. Yes. But you gotta watch the movie, and then I can say who he is. Um. But no, it it, it was it was good. Oh, cool. Josh. Me. All right. So, like I said before, it's unfortunate. I like I've noticed Ben Foster and a lot of of his more like poor choices and works. Like, like I Punisher. Haven't, I haven't seen like well, Punisher's okay. It's yeah, it's probably the best one I'm gonna list off here. But um, yeah, one's the Punisher. I feel like. His character is like interesting. Um, you would be able to judge it yourself as well, Shane, once you see it, um, if you want to see it. Um, also, X Men: The Last Stand. He's probably a good choice for Warren, though he should have been given more to do. He, he looks the role. He looks the role because he's dedicated to it. He's also in an episode of My Name Is Earl, which I like. <laughs> he plays Glenn, which is a guy, a prisoner who wants to kill him. Oh, really? And he literally start. There's an, a part of the episode where he's like. They're both in solitary across from each other. And he starts digging under in the sand trying oh to kill God. her. And I'm like, and he's a former Boy Scout in the room. So he's like playing a former Boy Scout who's in prison, which is hilarious. So that's free. Uh, for the mechanic, um, he plays across Jason oh, Statham yeah. in the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, understand Jason Statham's flat gruffness. And then Ben Foster's elevating that with his yeah. like grounded, uh, I believe he's like a drug addict or something in the movie as well. And my last one should be Lone Survivor because he plays, I think he's a soldier in that again as well. I still haven't seen that because I really hate Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah, Mark Wahlberg's rough. Yeah, he's one of the main soldiers and I f- believe he, I don't know, I can't remember if he dies early or not, but I just remember I was going to say, he out. definitely dies in the movie. Yeah, he definitely it's dies. Lone Survivor. Yeah, he definitely dies, but I think he dies early, but I like that performance too. And I really want to see Hell or High Water and probably the ones on your list. It's weird that I haven't choose. actually listed. I'll put that in honorable mention is Hell or High Water. I, I yeah. didn't love the movie the way every single other person who watched that movie loved it. So I know that's I just me. Because it's like Taylor Sheridan, right? Taylor Sheridan wrote it. Did he write it? I think he wrote and directed okay. as well. But uh, it's good. And ben, ben, it's a very grounded role for Ben Foster. I believe mm-hmm. he's like one of the cops chasing after. Oh, no, he's a... He's, isn't he Chris a, Pine and yeah, him so the him, Yeah, yeah, they're, they're yeah. brothers who were like yeah. bank robbers. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, it's a very good performance. Uh, but so my number five is 360, which is him playing sort of a recovering yep. uh, sex offender. Uh, and it's Check a really because that, that I mean, can you imagine being told you're playing that? Like, how the fuck do you do that while not trying to be like, oh, let's have sympathy for them? And no. he manages that line exceedingly well. Uh, cause you don't, you're not like, oh, I, he's a good person, but you're also like, you're seeing more than just, yeah a single layer of a character. Can you imagine prepping for that as well? As, a, as an Oof, actor? That'd be like, rough. rough. Um, but it's a very good movie. Very worth yeah. watching. And number four is Ain't Them Body Saints. Mm-hmm. And this one, he plays the cop. Because this is a Bonnie and Clyde one. And I'm pretty sure he's yeah. the cop chasing Bonnie and Clyde. Um, this it's movie a great is role. really a good role. movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's David Lowry who did A Ghost Story. And, and Pete's was, Dragon. And yeah. Pete's Dragon. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, what's the other one? can't remember. Oh, the uh, Strange Angel, the TV show, which I haven't yeah. watched yet. But uh, And it's sort of like a Bonnie and Clyde-esque tale yeah. with Rooney Mara and Casey Affleck. And it's beautifully shot and Ben Foster's brilliant in it. Even though, it's a, again, it's a supporting role, but he does a really good job in that. Uh, number three is The Program. Mm-hmm. Cool. I don't love the movie, but his performance is exceptional and he yeah. really elevates the material purely with the work he's putting into it because mm-hmm. even the, the writing didn't grab me the cinematography really didn't grab me that none of that sort of grabbed me but ben foster was 
really engaging to watch. I think this is one of his strongest performances. Yep. Number two is Get Over It. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to be the lead in a teen comedy at that age when you were like a nobody is kind of really cool. And to be that good in it as well mm. and be such a... What was it, the year as a list? Sorry, 2000. And so he's maintaining oh, so he a tone like 19. of... Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. maintaining a tone of... That whole movie is a really escalated, ridiculous tone, and he's yeah. fitting that tone while still being the quote-unquote straight man in it mm-hmm. all, which yeah. is a really hard thing to do because your instinct is to either go too far one way or too far mm-hmm. the other way, and he had those instincts to begin with, um, and I love that movie. And the number one uh, is Leave No Trace. I genuinely think this is one of his best performances of, of all time because it's big and little at the same time. It's very nuanced. It's very complicated. He's doing all, and and it's one of those ones where it, it, a lot of it is the performance because the dial the character's not saying what he's thinking because he's mm-hmm. like a PTSD sufferer and all this kind of stuff, um and the work that he did with that young actress like the performance like a lot of people rave about a lot of things in that movie I think the strongest part of that movie is the performances, um and th- and it's probably his best work I really want to see what he does next just because I'll just show up for anything he does. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's pretty much it. We've got for Ben Foster underrated. Uh, if you like Ben Foster, let us know. If you like, if there's an actor you want us to look into their careers of, send us a message. We're on, uh, social media at the Mind Emotion Picture Rangers. We're on social, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Picture Rangers. You can find us on, you can email us even at motionpicturerangers at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Shane M underscore Anderson. And oh, sorry, and letterboxed at 24 <laughs> frames. Um, you can find me on Twitter at that Sundance Katie or caps at letterboxd at Joshua Grigg and at TV time at that Sundance Kid. You can find me on Instagram at the Chancellor. And hey, do you know what a really underrated band Well, fun Foster. fact, fun fact, it was uh strongly inspired by um, and almost unintentionally, I didn't realize until oh, right. I watched Get Over It. Because I didn't use Get Over It as I I I told some of the actors to watch certain bits, yeah. But I hadn't seen it for a while, and then I was like, I after I'd made Rake and Hell, and I put on Get Over It to watch, and I was like, oh shit, I ripped off everything from this <laughs> fucking movie. So hey, if you like Ben Foster in uh, Get Over It, then you'll love Red Curtain Hell, available on Vimeo on demand. That's Vimeo.com/slash-on-demand/slash-Red-Curtain-Hell. Use the code Pitcher and you just get twenty percent off your purchase or rental. Thank you guys so much for listening, and tune in next week for another exciting and amazing episode. We'll see you then. See, tune in works and he, check he, out Ben Foster and Becca. Yeah, he was—he was my favorite. Becca, Becca Foster. Becca Foster. Yeah. Becca. Bork, hello. Bork, bork, hi. You know what you need to be doing? You need to be listening to the Floof and Papa podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Taylor. And we're going to talk about all things dogs. Dog stories. Dog breeds. Dog tips and tricks. Dog puns. Dog jokes. Dog everything. Out if you're not listening. Uh, hit us up at the Floof and Papa podcast wherever you get your podcast. Tune in. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast.